Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the ABJ Podcast. Super excited for this one. Joel Ruda from Ruda Entertainment is going to be joining us here tonight. Make sure you check out the links below for all things ABJ, as well as my guests, to find merchandise, social media links, and all ways to support myself and my guests. Uh, if you want to check out these episodes earlier, we do have our Patreon. It's as little as a dollar to join in, and you get that content earlier on a Monday and not just a Thursday. T Public is up and running uh also our teespring accounts as well as a pro wrestling tease has just hit this market uh i'm gonna be honest pro wrestling tease is a great great company i don't expect to get much traction but if someone says what the hell is the abj podcast and then seeks me out that's the way we're doing it but all of the logos are on t public all 200 and some of them that are out there now a uh, huge thank you to uh logos by hunter as well as witchcraft by lily uh kai as well logos by kai as well as um uh, Haley Stokes for all the amazing logos. They have been have been super super supportive of this time where you know right now the little on my downswing, so I'm trying to you know find ways to make some money and keep this podcast alive. And those T-shirt sales have been super helpful, and um, those logos have been super helpful to get some new eyes on the product. Uh, so check out those links below as for all ways to support, and also make sure you support my guest. My guest tonight, Joel Ruda, is someone who I got to meet at PPW. He is a he is a he's a a, a a manager or a, a liaison, an agent. I'm not sure exactly what title he prefers. You know, Big Dust, one of the best ringside guys. Next, he he considers himself a buddy when he's out there. He's not a manager. He's the wrestler's buddy. Big Dust is a sweetheart, but it's an art form that I feel like is is not utilized enough in certain promotions. Some promotions use it too much, <laughs> but then. There's some promotions who don't use it at all, and it's a very lost art. You look at the old school, you know, golden age of professional wrestling. You had the Bobby Heens out there, Jim Cornette. You had polarizing characters who were managers of teams, and it, if done right, it's a great role. And Joel, Joel does a great job of doing that. Um, one of my favorite tag teams on the scene, Championship Material. They're super talented, good-looking dudes out there, killing it every every time at, at a show. Uh, he helps manage them, as well as his business, Ruta Entertainment. Uh, custom titles galore. Um, I'm not a title guy because I don't have money, but if I did, my entire walls would be filled with Joel Ruta titles. Uh, they're absolutely amazing. He has everything from WWE Impact. He GCW titles last time I seen him. Uh, he's making custom titles for wrestlers when they come to cons. So if you recently just seen, um, I know this is airing later, but we're recording this in October. But a few weeks ago at Legends of Hamburg Fieldhouse, the Nation of Domination got together for the first time in years. And Joel made them all custom titles of the titles that they held. Uh, like uh, Mark Henry held the big gold, Delos, um, uh, European Championship, and they're all Nation of Domination inspired. They're super cool. The photos all over line. That was Joel Ruda. That was all his work, his his doing. He did a fantastic job doing it. Uh, so without further ado, I gave my intro. Hope it wasn't too long. But Mr. Ruda, Joel Ruda himself. What's going man, on, you, you put a massive smile on my face just with that buildup, man. That's great. And a great. <laughs> that was a great fucking memory, too. That was... That was a fun weekend. Yeah. So let, let, let's dive there. Let's, let's dive into the business aspect first with Ruta Titles. So how did you find a way or how did the re, the reuniting of the Nation of Domination happen? So that was Ken Hoover. Ken Hoover's a promoter in the in the business. He, I mean, KH I, Promotions, I'm not sure. right? KH Promotions. There yeah. you go. Yep. So you know him. And that's, that's what he does. He does meet and greets. And there was a, a moment just recently i know you remember there was uh, a scene in bpw i took a four-way samoan splash had sean mm -hmm. maluda come down on me off uh lance 
Jacob Fatu, all four. And uh, it resulted, dude, it ended up with a cracked rotator cuff, a slight fracture in my neck. Accidents happen, you know, like shit happens. I got no bad blood, no bad feelings in it. It was a great spot. Terrible idea. Executed almost perfectly. Um, But that laid me out on the shelf and that's, um, where I got talking to Ken, I was actually at an AXW event, which they have in Hamburg there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I guess he had the idea of getting the, uh, the domination, nation domination together. And I think the couple people he talked to were like, yeah, good luck. Like go talk to Ruta. Maybe he'll talk to you. Cause I'm sitting there injured, wondering if I'm even going to get back in a ring or get back into like that actively being involved in wrestling, or maybe I just want to stick to the belt. And he came up to me and said, what if I could get and started going through his whole idea? I was like, I'm in. Like, that's a no brainer. If you can make it happen. I'm one in. of my favorite and- stables in professional wrestling. So underrated. Like if there's Man. no nation of domination, we don't get the rock. No nation of domination and DX. I mean, that was yeah. it. And that was, yep. <laughs> I mean, even just talking to like, Ron for a weekend in the car. Like we were together pretty much attached to the by the hip for a weekend. And like I remember being in freaking like probably fifth, sixth grade, watching him debut in that blue suit, like a Titan, you know, it looked god awful, which he even felt, you know, the same exact way. But it's what you do with those terrible gimmicks and terrible bookings that get you to the next level. And what they came up with in that nation and what it evolved into. And, you know, just to see those four guys now, how many years later, 20 years later, 25 years later, something like that. It's crazy. Every and and the thing is, too, is that stable was representation for people of color. Like there mm -hmm. wasn't really that like Ron's the only guy in that point of time who's an African-American world heavyweight champion. Like like he's the only one and then he's the leader of an all black stable in professional wrestling of strong like like uh, they were simulated simulated black panthers but that's essentially what it was that's and i was it, just gonna say that yep. yeah and then it spawned this whole storyline that created you know the rock and all this other thing and then it's it's been attributed ever since the hurt business is a is a is a representation of the nation of domination like every time that you know black uh stables are formed or that representation it's not always the like the crime times or like hey they're partiers or gangsters like no they're strong they're they're pout their culture like the whole nine and then you know it the honorary oos where Sami Zayn joined the bloodline that's straight out of the nation of domination with owen hart joining you know what i mean like <laughs> yep crush yeah it was it was all part of that that whole that stable and that stable is super important to the business they all became such big things too. Like the APA, they were yeah. probably one of the most popular, most fun tag teams to watch. They were like the stone cold of the tag teams. Yep. D'Lo Brown, he was huge. Kama into the Godfather. Like, I mean, come on, you know, Mark Henry. I, I literally just on my page posted the uh, big gold title, which got me thinking back to like the Mark Henry days when he had his world title run. I, I mean, I don't care what anybody says as far as like the actual talent getting to have that position and what they do with it. I mean, I think I was watching the clip. It was, I, I don't know where I came across it, but it was back when 
He thought he was retiring. Cena gets in the ring, gives him the Cena rub. Jacket. Yeah, the arms are up and then turns around the world's strongest slam. When I was watching it back in the day, I just remember thinking, like, they fucking nailed it. Yeah. Finally. Like, this guy's going to get to do. He had his match with Randy Orton. Boom, got the belt. And, I mean, that's a guy that, like, should not have dropped the belt. Should have had, like, a Roman Reigns type of run. Like, yep. When you think about it, you put anybody in the ring against a guy like that, like who's who who's going to take him out? Who's going to put him down? Yeah, you know, like he's a guy I could I could have thought would have had a believable one, two, three year world title reign, no problem. If you didn't make, you know, what you should have done. You should have done. I oh, just now in retrospect, oh my should have got in there and managed him, Teddy Long. No, do a no, good you should have. You make mini belts. They're like wristwatches. You I have those. Got, he should have got a Halloween prop of a hand and put a little nation hand belt for his kid. You know what I mean? That's like, awesome. <laughs> you know, his long lost son that he <laughs> that sexual chocolate hand. Uh, it's still one of my favorite moments in wrestling. Like when people say like, what's your, like, what is the most wild wrestling thing? And I'm just like, well, minus everything in Japan of like the thumb, the butt thumb spots are, uh, Triple H uh, seducing Stephanie McMahon and ma- forced marrying her, which is a terrible storyline. Um, the G- unfortunately Gene Snitsky storyline is a tough one to talk about today. But Mark Henry having relations with a at the time what eighty, maybe old older, yep. yeah, and and she gets pregnant and gives birth to just a grown man, not even like a baby hand. <laughs> Let's a give her a hand. Just a hand. It was a hand. It was a That would be hand. a good prop. That was that's a smart <laughs> idea. That <laughs> so somebody would Mark, buy that. Yeah, if you ever run into Mark again, get the same belt, but a little the little tiny version and be like, this is for this is for hand. <laughs> we had hand and head are the two most over characters in professional wrestling. <laughs> the storylines they came up with and they got away with. Like it's not like fans are gonna be like that's stupid. I'm not watching. It's like people go crazy over that oh, stuff. Val Venus, uh, where he teams up I was with really John just... Bobbitt. Yeah. <laughs> the choppy, choppy PB. And he's choppy. saved by John Bobbitt, who legit had his wiener cut off. Like pro wrestling, baby. <laughs> what a time. <laughs> On, only in pro wrestling can you get yeah. away with that stuff. Nowhere else. And, and the nation... Like right now, AEW is probably the closest thing to it. WWE is doing it again too. You have the Bloodline, and you have uh, the LWO, and you have Judgment Day. But like at the time of the Nation, you had the Nation, then you had like the Biker Gang, then you had the Corporate Ministry. You had like the Los Dariquas. Yeah, there was like every group. It was like gang warfare. Like everyone had a little stable, and 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 all the stables like went at each other. It was it was a dope time to be a wrestling fan. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, so you guys got to this is this is all coming together. You know what's going to happen. So when does the idea of well, I'm going to make them all custom titles. Like you could have made a title for like the replica titles of the titles they won that represents them as people, but you took it another step for, further. How did that come about? Yeah, so I'm a total mark for championships. Just since I was a kid, always been in love with them. You know, like that's and kind of like, you know, you were telling me earlier, like you'd be a collector of them if you had the money for them. Same thing. Like I would have had a million of them, but I couldn't afford one. I remember my buddy getting like the foam belts and thinking like those were the coolest things. We're having shape matches to fight for one. (laughs) Yep. Never, never even had one. So 
I mean, just to really take it back when I first started, you know, like, like a salesman would feel like comfortable having a business card. I always wanted like a prop and being a complete yeah. mark for belts. I wanted like my million dollar belt. And when I started wrestling, it was as a result of me being in, believe it or not, the life insurance business, right? Like I met mm -hmm. a guy through a networking opportunity that got me into an independent wrestling company that evolved in me training and becoming a wrestler. And then how do I want to present myself? Well, I'll be this consultant with a life insurance championship. And I had like this massive wrestler, Vince Steele. I don't know if you know who that is. No, I'm not sure. Um, but got paired up with this guy, Vince Steele. And the whole gimmick was you could fight for the championship, with, which comes with a big payday. But you got to take out a life insurance policy because I'm afraid my guy is going to kill you in the ring. I love you know, that. Like, I want to make sure that. your family's taken care of. So I had a belt made for that. And, you know, like next thing you know, wanted to get a different belt made. And I get into like looking out online of belt makers. And there were some that I ordered some from that were a complete fucking waste of money. Some that you pay for something and it's not what you get. Some that were getting better. And I just got paired up with this guy that really amazing quality. And I did enough business with him where promoters were like, hey, I need new belts. And that led to me helping out promoters with it. This guy basically told me I could get him enough business where like it's him and his three brothers. They have their own business together. They don't want to take it from anybody else and be completely inundated with it. So we pretty much work something out where I'm like their sales guy, they're the producers and, you know, have a great setup with them to do that. So when this came up, it was like, why don't we have a custom belt made for him? Yeah. <laughs> and it was, it was really badass, a cool opportunity to do. I got a bunch of them signed by him. I'm a collector guy, you know, like I don't have a big collection, but I believe in having collector pieces. I see you have a bunch of stuff behind you there. And I can appreciate like free crate stuff, but I do have my, <laughs> this is my, this is my thing right here. I, I have my Wimbley scarf that I got oh, in London. Dude, that must've been some a hell figures. of an experience. So I collected figures for a while. And then when I recently um, had my separation, I was like, I'm opening all of them and I'm putting them on display. Like I was like, <laughs> like, I, like I have nowhere to put them. So I just put them on display. So I, I opened a bunch of figures. My goal is, here's my goal. If I get a job and I get all the equipment i want because there's some stuff i want to get for the podcast but i want to get more shelvings and i want to put it along the sides but my goal is i want to collect the entire hasbro line i've never had the entire hasbro line i want to collect that whole line that's a, that's my I, bucket list. i have a visual memory where i can still feel like the packaging on the wall smell the air taste yeah. the air in toys r us christmas season walking down the aisle seeing all of them like i want those my dad being yeah. like no we can't afford it you know i had like, a lot of them I had and then yeah them. next thing you know you got a, you got them for christmas they were that was the best line yeah period i i, I they were my favorite growing up i had a bunch of them um i i've told the story before but the, like that was hasbro's or ever like so i mother Teresa came to my town and here I built a garden for her and didn't know it because I was like this young kid and didn't know what I was doing. And I lived neck behind a church, but next to like a nunnery house. So I'm with okay. these nuns every summer and we build this garden. I'm trying to like speed the story up. So then Mother Teresa comes to Monte City. It shuts the town down. Like everyone's losing their mind. Legit everyone's Mother like, Teresa? Legit Mother Teresa. So she comes out. So I live in the alley behind the church 
she speaks to the everybody in front of the church and then comes out the back door everything in our alley is shut off you no one's allowed to be there and she walks from behind the thing in front of my house and then back to the nun house and i'm on my front porch playing with my hasbros and i'm wrestling hogan versus Mancho man because i was a Mancho man guy and i never i always hated that Mancho man never beat hogan and I recreated that match as much as possible. So I'm on the porch and I'm playing with them. And she comes out and the nuns who were like, I was cool with are like whispering to her, like, that's the kid who helped build the garden. So she like looks up at me and she weighs me down. And my dad's like, oh shit. Cause I'm like also extremely ADHD and has no filter my whole life. So he has no idea what I'm about to say to mother Teresa. You know what I mean? Like he's shitting bricks. I go down the steps, toys in hand. And I walk up, I go, what's up, mother? Like, I didn't know her name. I like They just been telling me for years that the mother's coming. So I'm just like, what's up, mother? Like, I thought she was Mother Mary. How old they are you put the mother tr- God, I'm like seven, if if that, younger. Um, And I have my, and she's like, well, okay, thank you for building the garden for me. I'm like, no problem. It was a blast. I planted flowers. And she's like, what do you got there? And I was like, oh, I'm up there having SummerSlam. And this is Hulk Hogan. <laughs> and this is macho man randy savage and i'm doing the voices and i'm like and they're fighting (laughs) up there for the title and she's just like cool and she just like bless you and walked away but like she died she heard macho man randy savage and hulk hogan in her life and it's all because of this kid right here but i lost everything in a house fire all my everything like my whole childhood lost everything so just a couple weeks ago i'm doing a dj job and i'm talking to this kid we're back best friends growing up and he had all the Hasbros and I guess he's kept collecting them and getting sets and sets and sets of them and he's like well he's like yo you lost everything I was like dude everything he's like oh and like you're in the wrestling business now like it's crazy like we watched Brett versus Sean and almost got into a fist fight because he's a Brett guy and I'm a Sean guy and he walked out with a title and I was like you did it boyhood dreams and suck it Brett Hart like like it was it was heat there was heat there but he was like yeah man like that's crazy that like you finally got to where like you were obsessed with as a kid and here you are and he's like, yo, I got you something. And he's like, well, what was your, well, he asked me a few weeks before, a few months before that. He's like, what was your favorite figure? I was like, man, I said, I actually tried to look up my favorite figure to rebuy it, to have it on display, but it's like 200 bucks. He's like, which one? I go, the Sean with the black and silver pants. Like that was like the rare one. And I, I, I walk into the bar and he walks up to me and hands it to me. Like it's perfect. Oh, there's no scuffs. Not The arms work amazing. Like I was like, are you serious? He's like, dude keep it i have a bunch of them and i was like yo so this is this is the rebirth of my collection it's gonna be my my hasbro man that see so me and my buddy we used to have like pay-per-views that we would film his parents had like a handheld camera so yeah, yeah, like, yeah. let's make pay-per-views <laughs> and when we got old enough and like we're like moving on to like you know bigger things in school we basically had death matches for like all the figures and like we had the bug spray and the lighter and like, like he's on fire in my buddy's garage of all fucking places. Flames up in ring or up in uh, the rings up in flames. And we, we torched like half of his, like what we look back on as like classic figures. And he had, I mean, everything. And we're like, yeah, thousands of dollars so i was so keen on like like protecting my stuff as a kid which sucked because that's why i was like took care of everything like everything was mint <sighs> like i would play with it but i would take such good care of it all gone anyway but like i remember going to my buddy's house and he had the figures and he's like we're gonna have a first blood match and i go how 
and he pulls out like a red sharpie he's like well they just draw on them with the blood because like he's seen the figures that were sold like that right and i but that's a good idea. And I was like, well, how are you going to wash it off? He's like, ah, who cares? I go, you're not using my figures. And he's like, what do you mean? <laughs> so even at like a younger age, you I knew. went and then like around that time, that's when like they just hit the scene, the washable markers. So remember when they had markers that would wash off? So you would get the red washables and you just dab it and it was like really, really wet and it would just like run down like blood and then you just run them under the sink and there's no more blood and that was like a game changer for blood matches for figures i was like we could do blood <laughs> like going to the store buying a pack of markers throwing the rest of them out and just keeping the red <laughs> that's hysterical <laughs> uh man but yeah i love nostalgia wrestling it's so good yeah hell yeah man so when you finally got your first belt like you made these guys you get your belt you made your custom belt when did you start collecting then like because you made these guys like you started your own collection yeah i mean i had like uh like there was even a time i was working with gene snitsky mm -hmm. he I, I created a belt like the united states championship so like i had one made by him he ended up signing it so like yeah just it, it, one thing turned from that to like creating new belts for myself i went to another one and uh had i'm looking at it right now the open challenge championship that was another belt that Alpha actually used and, and defended for me. That's um, awesome. It was it was like I mean, there's different material that you can get either brass or zinc. Brass is like a lot lighter, cheaper, more for kids. Zinc is like heavy duty, you know, stuff that you see more on the scene. D'Lo yeah. actually just got a belt for me. He he wanted to order his purple Intercontinental Championship, the purple one with the old school WWF logo on it. Yeah. Wait, there was a purple version of the Intercontinental Championship. Oh yeah, yep. I never knew that he held it. Godfather held it. Yep. I I never knew. I always knew of the the blue, the white, and the black. The ones that like the three different ones that Sean held for his his run. Yep. But I didn't. I didn't remember. I never knew about the purple one. That's crazy. Yep. I mean, but I'll, I got the yellow one too. The war, yellow one was Warrior, right? Yellow, yellow. I have Warrior that one. The, yeah, he had the yellow one. Yeah, this is uh, the one that I had with Alpha. And this shit's heavy as hell, man. This is like my version of Big Gold. Yeah. The Open Challenge Championship. It looks heavy. Holy the details, The details deep on it. But like, how do you not love this stuff? Like, if you were a wrestling mark, man, like, how do you not love having a title and then you create one for yourself? Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that, like, it's your own. I love the signature series ones that WWE make where they take an idea and then like morph it to beat the wrestler. You have an... Um, I seen on your Instagram you have a version of it for um demolition. You have a demolition title. Yep. yep. That one Some came kind out of good. Like, like that's Yeah. I, I always wanted the Shawn Michaels one, but then it left the shelves and it was like a normal decent price one. It was like four hundred bucks for like the Shawn Michaels one. But then they made a new Shawn Michaels one. It's like eight hundred, nine hundred bucks. I'm like, come on. <laughs> like dude, they can be so expensive. That's partly why I got into this too, is you know, I do enough business where I can get some pretty good deals, which, you know, I do this as like a fun side hobby. So if I can get somebody something where, you know, like what you would pay for online for what people call a, a deluxe championship, you're paying like a thousand, twelve hundred dollars, fifteen hundred dollars for something like D Lo's getting. He even when he was looking at it, he's like, Man, like these things cost like twelve hundred dollars. How much could, how how much if I want to get it? And you know you can get something easily half price four or five hundred dollars. I like making sure people can get the badass stuff 
for like a super affordable price. You know, like I'm yeah, not making, I'm not right. looking to make, no, not at all. And, and that's the thing is like, you get something off of like, I don't want to talk down on WWE shop. These are their belts. You know what I mean? Like not these, but like it's their championships out there. We're making replicas of them. But if you get something through the shop, it's like a stiff leather. It's good for display. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're walking around at a show and you're carrying it, it feels more like a toy when you come across something like this and you got super floppy leather, it's super heavy. It looks and feels more like the real thing. Yeah. So um, I feel like it, it's kind of like, you know, with clothing, you're going to pay for like a good hoodie or something that's got like a brand name across it. That makes you feel better about wearing it because it's got the company logo on it. Yeah. Well, the first time I really seen your belts was at Hamburg. Uh, the night that you had uh, Deanna with you, Deanna Prazo. Yep. And, you did one of the coolest things I've ever seen anyone do. So if you know the scene, Gavin, uh, Gavin's this little kid who comes to all the shows. He's super supportive. He's such a sweetheart kid. Like this kid's having more wrestling experiences in, in the last two years that I, that I wish it's I awesome. had at his age. Um, and you you just gave him a title. You're like, here, bud, take this title home. And not only did you give the title, but you gave him a replica of a mistake title, which who does that? Like you have the Mancho Man silver because when he went home and polished it the brasso brasso belt yeah yep. the brass um so here's a here's a photo of, of little gavin with diana and he that and that's your belts like uh there's a gcw the ecw titles the intercontinental yellow the big 10 pounds of gold he's dressed up as orange cassidy i forgot he was wearing my t-shirt that's cool uh but then there's the title and then the t- like he carried it around the title's bigger than him he's like still carries carry it around it. Yeah, yep. he's like that carry this is heavy, <laughs> but like your your titles are gorgeous. Like another one here. Like that's it. That's the belt, baby. I don't like the fact that Brett's in that photo. You need to replace Brett with Sean. That's the Sean Michaels. Belt. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's the WWF insignia. So if you go and buy that from WB Shop, you're getting the new WB logo where that old school WBF is. And that's oh, yeah. where you're gonna get that difference in titles. Um and like I said, um, then I got to see your titles firsthand uh, when you made them for the promotion win. And my God, those tag team titles are absolutely gorgeous. So not only are you making titles for replicas for fans, but these are quality enough titles that like there could be used for promotions. Like, how do you feel now that, you know, you're it's one thing to give a fan a, a, an experience where you can give them a really high quality belt at affordable pricing. But now that was same quality you're showing those fans, like not only are you walking around with a title that could be used on TV, these are the same titles that promotions now are using. Like, like that opens up new doors. Like, so now if someone goes to like, say, I don't, I, I don't know if PPW's ever cashed in on you yet with this, but like th- if they have new titles coming, but if a fan's like, I would love a replica of that title, you can now be that guy who's like, you own your own version of the PPW championship or AXW or win. And then you get, you're like, that's, that's, and that's a cold new dynamic that you bring to the table being part of that team because you can get the titles made. Like that's neat. Totally. And that's, I mean, BPW, PPW wrestling yeah. is now new evolution wrestling, colossal championship wrestling, legendary action wrestling, a couple of them, you know, like, yeah. so it, that's, and the quality's out there, man. Like the fact that I mean, like you're saying, like that the feeling that I get from that standing in, in the room. Are you, are you talking about the trio tag team titles I had made for them, or the tag team? The tag team. Yeah, I, the the style alone and the color is badass. They're made off of the uh, the old school 
what is it? The um, the United States Championship. Yeah. And on the belt strap, there's a uh, little like a um, like a remembrance tribute. for yeah, a tribute for Trent Acid for Jay Briscoe. You know, so to know that like these guys are presenting this show using these as their focal point tag team titles, it's a tribute to two amazing talents out there. Like when I see the pictures and get posted and people holding up these belts, it's like. I remember now, the now first the, the picture of the design. Those, yeah, yeah. Deshaun Pratt and Boom Harden are current tag team champions of those right now, as of this recording. Yep. And in my phone, like that's I have the pre-concept, the drawings, the edits, what it's turned into, the production of the plates getting made, you know? And that's that's the beauty of the process too is, I mean, what I love the most about just pure wrestling and uh, pro wrestling in general, but especially with the belts is you take a concept from your mind you take a fucking picture of it. And next thing you know, it's that physical thing in your hand that you literally just created out of an idea. Like mm -hmm. that's the power of not just like us, but like wrestling too, you know, like we're, we're true dreamers and you literally, whatever you want to make happen, you can bring it a physical form and then put it on display for everybody else to, to watch and enjoy. Yeah. Without saying any other belt makers names or putting anyone down like there's one i was looking at the other day and it, it literally was like for 300 bucks they like will make you your fantasy football championship title belt and i was like 300 like that's insane and then i look at the belt and it literally looks just like a piece of metal with like laser engraving on it and there's no detail there's no nothing and it just says fantasy football championship and the leather's not great and then it falls apart and it's just like 300 bucks like around that, like that's like your baseline for your entry level belts, which are still better than those. Like you know what I mean? Oh like, no, I I could do even better than that. For three hundred dollars, you yeah. can get something in very very nice, no problem. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, so definitely check out Rudy Entertainment's website. Uh, it's like a thirty minute infomercial, but I don't care. That's the like, <laughs> but um, are you guys doing? any I, I, my heart's in the AEW right now. I love AEW. I like their titles. Have you made any AEW replicas yet? I do have an AEW replica. Really? The big gold? Oh, yeah. Like, they're big gold? Uh, yeah. So good. I actually, Oh, yeah. I was just making some videos on it the other day. Now, I love the new trios tag teams, but I'm not paying five grand for it. <laughs> no, but, like, for real, if you wanted those trios made, I could probably have all three of them made for less than $1,500 for you. Not yeah. for you, but, like, for anybody yeah. that wants them. Like, not five grand for a one, 15 for for three. Like, that's... And they would be... Truthfully, they'd probably be a lot nicer too. Because when I see them, like throw them over their shoulder, I can see the leathers just a little stiff. These <laughs> would be floppy as fuck. They'd be probably a lot heavier too. Yeah, you know, it's, good it's, to know because I'm a, I want a scissor me title, so I may I may be hitting you up if your boy gets some cash. Like I love could, them, I love them so much. Um, then you know, there's a content creators out there tantalizing Tony, who I think you know every a lot of content creators have their own titles, and I think Tony's is the nicest. I like. Uh, that scumbag took the, the the winged eagle idea you know what i mean like that's that that belt is my heart and gold and i told him that we actually made a belt a deal for one of his belts that i said cody rhodes will uh main event wrestlemania not Sami Zayn, uh and he took the winged eagle title and made it his own but without giving anything away he's he's now he's doing a yearly mania title which is exciting he showed me a little bit of what the new one's going to look like but it came out gorgeous it's a great looking title the winged eagle um 
but uh yeah so you're making you, like, like i said that's the customization you can do you're doing it for title your uh, promotions you can make if you're a triple h fan you want a custom triple h and you have an idea they can get it done but so many different avenues you can go to the links are below if you want to hit up uh joel ruda for his camp championships i think he's pulling something out. <laughs> it's black screen he, he went to the dark he's high he, we're getting a reveal Flexing I think, it right yeah. now baby your camera's not on we can't see you Oh, we'll see if the if the camera cuts on. I'm gonna kill dead air while we're waiting. But yeah, uh, and here's a photo just to kind of pull it up. Here is R Ruda with the Nation of Domination with each one of their titles. Uh, we lost him for a second, so we'll wait till he pops back in. But there, there is the Nation there in all their glory. Big gold, the IC. Um, I think Ron here has another version of the big gold. But there, there, there. That's everyone there, kind of flexing it with uh, Joel and the Nation. Of Hell yeah, man! That, what do you got that was going a great on there? time. I got this. I got exactly what you were just talking about. Oh, Damn, so look at this sucker. So a lot of people like the dual plated one. That's fine. But that like the dual plated is Hogan's version of that belt. Correct. And then when it went to Brett and Sean, it went solid. Right. Uh, I actually couldn't tell you the difference of that. I just know like the, yeah. uh, our guy started making like these HD plays. So it's got like the 3d kind of look on it there. Oh yeah. I see that. The, the dual the, plate the, on the, it. The feathers are really popping out there. Now on the side plate, do you have the WWE champion like that little WWE championship thing? There it is. That's so sick. I love that belt. That is the yeah. that is the best. Where where do you rank? Like, what are your top five belts? Like, if all time favorite belts, where how do they go for you? Man, they're probably all a lot of these in the uh, the golden era. They call it. Yeah. The classic Intercontinental Championship, like the Rays Ramon, the Shawn Michaels, like that, hands down for me. What color? Do you like the white, the black, or the blue? I'm looking at the black right now. The white's Black's cool. Good. I got one that was just si uh, signed by Marty Jannetty, which was, was cool because I remember being 10 years old watching that Monday Night Raw when he won. <laughs> That's another thing. Like, I, I remember sitting on the couch that night. I remember that. This is this is the, the new uh, Walmart. The, the, it's a mix between the um, uh, LGN and the um, when LGN made the, the what were they the AWA or the, the figures and they also made the He-Man figures so they're all like extra jacked more than they should have been <laughs> so they're recreating the, that figure line but with WWE but uh, Sean came with the the Robin Egg blue IC title the blue one yeah, I think it's the only. I think someone told me that's the only time that that figure, a figure, has had that blue icy title. But yeah, icy title, gorgeous. This that's up there right too. here. Yeah, I think this is one of the nicest ones. Yeah, but I think that, I mean the tag team one, titles in that area is really good. That those oh, tag yeah. team titles, they're really good. I got that one too. I got it signed by Ron Simmons. Um, the uh, I, the WCW. U U.S. title, I think, is probably one of my fit top three. Yeah, that's a really good title too. Big Gold is always up there. That's a really good title. I love Solid AEW's title. World Championship. I love AEW's Tag Team Championships. I think they have really nice looking Tag Team Championships. I think Version Two of the Women's Championship looks better. I did not like Version One. I thought it was too small. It looked good on Rio, but like when it went on anyone else, it was like it looked like a paper clip. It was too tiny. No, I think I think a championship needs to have like the big. Yeah, plate on it, something dominant that shows like a champion. You know what I mean? That's that yeah. that 
it's it looks so small. Like even yeah. for a woman, it's like man, that's tiny. Yeah, so it looks small on Rhea. It, it looked better when they upgraded it. Um, I I am not a huge fan of the big W title. I think the black and gold, just because it's my favorite color scheme, looks good now on Roman. But that new title, like their new version of the big gold, it's grown on me. Like, I don't hate it as much as I did when they first announced it. Like, the more you see it on TV, you're like, okay, that looks like a good championship. It's an updated it title. The women's, I think I think it looks better on the white strap. I think Rhea's looks real. I think Seth's looks good on black, but I think the white strap on Rhea's looks amazing. <clears throat> Very classy. Yeah, I, I like it. It just gives a character. You know what I mean? Like, the thing about yeah. world titles is... Like something that I think of as like the Impact Women's World Title, which is very much like the AEW style with the multiple plates. Yeah. But like something that stands out, that has character, the undisputed title from back in the day that Angle held and that Lesnar held. You know, Taker Hogan, that was yep. cool. It had some serious character to it. The Winged Eagle is, <laughs> man, it's beautiful. They're like, you know, it's nice under- when a belt has character, but a big big W. It's yeah. Another underrated belt no one talks about. It should be in the t- talked about in the top five. Lucha Underground's title. It reminds me of that, the Bellator belt from back in the day, like one of the yeah, original but, Bellator belts. And then you had to put all the pieces to get, like you had to win the pieces to put. Or not like, Bellator, WEC. Yeah, yeah. But I, I loved, I love the Aztec title, like the that, that Lucha Underground title. That's another good one. But um, all right, well, let's shift gears here a little bit. We kind of talked a little bit about it. You were in the insurance agency and kind of going that route how did you fall into the world of professional wrestling then yeah so I, I definitely never never even the goal never a thought i mean if i could base my childhood down to one thing is like a, a, a phrase that was always stuck in my head is um like not everyone swims with shamu mm-hmm. right like er, not everyone gets to do the cool job and that was something that my my dad would always say is like you know not everyone gets to swim with shamu like realistic kind of deal so it was never on the radar at all and we had talked earlier i switched gears i left atlantic city i moved out to new york city switched careers i left the hotel industry i moved into the insurance industry out of complete desperation and oddly enough i'm at a barbecue on roosevelt island it was i think july 2014 and got a call from a guy that, yeah, 2014, 20, 2016. Because February 18th was when I debuted February, on my birthday. February 18th, 2017 was when I debuted as Mr. Rudolph on my first show. But I'm at this networking event just with my team. And I get a call from a guy that knows Gene Snitsky, who just, friend of a friend, said, Hey, we're out in Hoboken enjoying cigars at the Hoboken uh, cigar shop. If you want to come by, come by. And if you are you familiar with Hoboken at all? A little bit, not too much though. Like down where the subway is, down or not by the like where the train comes in, where the, the boats come in, it is a I mean, it's always busy. No matter when you're there, it's always busy. If you're looking for parking, it's non-existent. Me and my buddy Roberto, we go through the city, we get into Hoboken, and as we're pulling around the corner, right where the cigar shop is, probably one of the most popular parts that you could be in. We see this car right across the street, pull out, and we pull right in. Like it was nothing. We're like, holy it's shit. Like fate. You're like destiny. Dude, I, I, I couldn't write a better story for this. So we go in. We're talking. I meet this guy, Frankie Flo. He's got his legendary action wrestling promotion. Um, did a lot of it in like uh, like Spanish Harlem area. But I 
basically told him, I said, listen, I work for a life insurance company. I know you got a lot of families that come to your show. I'd be happy to make child IDs, you know, talk to the parents if they want any information, but just to be there. And he thought it was a great idea. I came in, I watched a show or two, never really led anywhere, but it was right around the time that Lesnar was facing Goldberg in Survivor Series, right? And uh, I just pitched this idea to him. I'm like, could you imagine if like Heyman and Lesnar brought in this life insurance agent and they made like all of his opponents take out life insurance policies? It's like, oh, that's a great idea. We should do that. I'm like, oh, cool. It's like, when do you want to start training? Like, what do you mean? It's like, no, if you're <laughs> going to be a manager for this, you'd be fine with taking bumps, right? And next thing you know, I'm in a ring learning how to take bumps. I literally debut February 18th. 2017 on my birthday had this year it was a match with this guy vince Steele that i told you i don't know if you've ever heard of psycho clown yeah yep so vince Steele versus psycho clown psycho clown beats him they think you're gonna take my life insurance title from me we pull out this whole scene the next thing you know psycho clown boom clotheslines me i did this 360 it's crazy. I couldn't, I, I didn't even know what the hell I was doing. I just knew I'm going to turn around after trying to hit him with the belt and taking this big ass clothesline. I had no idea how it was going to turn out. I'll send you the <laughs> clip after the show so you can see it. Oh man, that was, and that's from there, it's been the history, you know? Like I just kept going show to show to show to promotion to promotion. I ended up I, involved. I love the fact that you trained because there, there are some people who get into the manager spot and they've never taken a bump. They never train. Oh, like yeah. a lot of people say to me, like, when are you going to become a manager? I said, no. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I can't take bumps. I'm not, my joint disorder will not allow me to be a wrestler. Um, So I, I, I did a referee spot the other night. Like I just jumped in as a ref because I needed a ref for a match. I was like, I'll do it. Like, that's not a big, like I, I felt weird doing it. Cause I feel like you should be trained, but like I did go to a couple trainings and just do like referee while they're kind of working and training. So I did a little bit of it, but like, I respect it that the fact that you went in and you learn how to take bumps properly and all that. Cause some people just go in there and do it because they're like, I'm a good personality. I shouldn't have to go do what everybody else does. But the fact that you did, I think that earns more respect for people. I think a lot of people just try to jump the line and get in there and be like, well, I trained way back in the day or I'm really, really funny. So I should just be in there. It's like, no, that's not how it should work. Like I'm, that's why I'm like, I'll stay on commentary. That's where I belong. You know what I mean? Because to get in the ring, you have to earn that. You have to earn that. You don't just get in yeah. there. Definitely. Evander James and Montekia. I'll give the two of them credit for me properly learning how to take a bump. Finally, it was the two of them gave me the, the right coaching I needed because I just couldn't get it down. And they're you know, amazing talent and never once had a, a rough bump after that, man. So, yeah, yeah, right in the Bronx Wrestling Federation, man. BWF in the Bronx. Love that. So when you came to PPW, uh, how long have you been established then before you enter the PPW scene? Three years. Three years? Yeah, so I did Legendary Action Wrestling. Uh, I was with them for a little while. Um, ended up leaving that. And we'll just say that something happened around like the end of my LAW run that made me say, you know what? It was a fun experience. Time to move on. Like, yeah. I'm good. And then next thing you know, I heard Evolve was having a seminar in Brooklyn. Adam Cole was going to be there. Buddy of mine was like, I don't know if you want to check this out or not. My favorite and next thing, in, next thing you know, I'm on an Evolve card. I'm talking to Adam Cole backstage. He, I find out he's from Allentown, Pennsylvania. Yep. 
No, Allentown, Lan- not Allentown, Lan- Lancaster. Lancaster, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Because yep. he told me he's from Orlando. I'm like, mm, no, you're not. Where were you before Orlando? Said, yeah, exactly. Actually, him and Matt Riddle are both, I think, technically from the Lancaster area. And I'm originally from Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania. So okay. another small town area. He was familiar with it. But I was on the Evolve card. One show led to another show, led to working with Rhea Ripley, Keith Lee, Tommaso Ciampa. Um, we were at Laboom, and then pandemic hit. Done. It was like, fuck. Yep. You know, and I have they Gabe Sapolsky. to Florida. <laughs> and they all moved. I watched every single person. My very first night in Evolve was Austin Theory's last. I remember standing behind the curtain, watching him do a little celebration of his send-off to WWE because he had just gotten his contract, which is pretty crazy. Um, yeah. And then I'm watching all of them go to, to WWE and I had Gabe Sapolsky telling me just like, go get reps. That's the yeah. best I can tell you. Go get some reps. So I ended up with this company, new evolution wrestling pandemic again was kind of like a drag on everything. We tried to force a comeback show and we ended up in Broadheadsville. And that's where at one of our new evolution wrestling shows, that first one back from the pandemic, Tony owner of PPW saw me and was like, was that the one where, um, speaking of Lucha Underground, is that the one that um, Mila Mortez was at? Yeah, he choke slammed me in that, that yeah. match. Yep. You know what's hilarious? I met him, not at that show, at a different one. And watching Lucha Underground, I always thought he was huge. Like, I thought he was like a seven foot, six foot tall dude. And he's I, a like, big met, dude. I'm, he's big. He's big. But like height wise, he's like, he's around my height. <laughs> And I was like, Yo, no, no disrespect, but I thought you were taller. He's like, because I'm wrestling Ray, Ray Phoenix and Pentagon. And I'm thinking those guys are like this big. He said, <laughs> but he was a fun conversation. Like I, I was like, dude, you're like the Lucha Underground Undertaker. Like you were sick there. Like he, he, and he like got to pick his brain a little bit. He was super cool. Very nice guy. Yeah. That choke slam was probably one of the, the most fun choke slams I've ever taken too. Cause he, he was relentless and his one arm easily could throw my 130 pound ass around because I came up and like like a rainbow man. <laughs> but again, thank God I know how to at least land properly. And you know, it's like you were saying, not anybody can just get in and do that. Cause what these guys do, I every single time I, I begin a show and I end a show, I'm thinking, like, these guys are doing an like a long ass match with these yeah. moves. I, I, I brace myself for a one. That's it. I'm getting one good bump. And these guys take them one after another after another. And every weekend, sometimes twice a weekend, sometimes double shots on the same day. It's I don't think people realize what they go through. And that's and I'm me, I got the best seat in the house now. I managed to get not even passive or past the front row, past like the guard rear, and I don't have to be in the ring. I get to mm-hmm. sit ringside and every single chop, every single slam. Or when a strike, Shit, man. When strikes I, a little snug, you're like, ooh, that was in. <laughs> that's real, man. I feel every single one of those. Oh, my God. Even see her talking about it, I can hear the crack. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I don't know how they do it, dude. I don't know how they do it. So so you kind of spun off a character at, at PPW when I first met you. You were kind of like, you were leaning a little into the political spectrum where you were making wrestling great again and the the sunglasses and you're like really healing it up which is funny because at pvw that was probably like your hero 
because <laughs> that's like you're you're in you're in their country. You know what I mean, like you drive to PPW, all it is is just signage. Like he was wrong when, <laughs> when it started. So that that was in LAW. Like I said, our our shows were in Spanish Harlem. So me and Frank here are talking. He's like, we gotta if we're gonna bring you in and you're gonna be new, we gotta do something that's gonna just these people can't like you. You need to be heel. I'm like Trump supporter. <laughs> I'll be a Trump supporter, you know, like <laughs> I got a great idea. Trump, I'll be Trump's, you know, personal uh, advisor or whatever. And that was like Trump, my buddy, my pal, and one of my favorite clients and boo. Yep. And it's just that every time I came out there, I threw that line out there and just talk about an easy way to get heat. But that's the thing you said, I'm in, I'm in Trump country now. So like, I come out there with a make America great again hat on people are going to start cheering the guy. That's they're gonna, they're gonna, they're, you're going to walk out like Rudy. They're going to put you on the shoulder. Yeah, dude. They'll love me. That's an easy way to get over around here. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely had to, that was another thing from Gabe too, is like he did a lot of, you know, one-on-one seminars. He still offers them. Um, but it was during the pandemic. I thought if, if I'm going to spend any money on anything while I'm trapped indoors and I'm going to spend any time with anybody, why the hell not pick that guy's brain? Gabe is absolutely one of the best in the business and he's brilliant mm-hmm. uh, and uh he was telling me switch the character up switch the gear up switch the look up like every show try something different because you'll find something that sticks and mm-hmm. that works and it's like you're doing the same thing over and over again you're never going to give yourself a chance to grow so that was pretty much to your point i lost the glasses i lost the vest I started dressing a little bit more casually, but now at PPW, I'm trying to dress a little bit more seriously. And I guess it just depends on the role, what's expected of me that night. Try to fit a different look for summer. So are you like you know. the, like, I haven't been at PPW in a while, but are you like the GM now? Is that what I am. you're playing yep. like a GM role? Okay, that's cool. I yep. know like the, the talks at first were supposed to be you and Joe were going to fight for a GM role. So Joe was the one that won control of it. I was just, you know, the manager that was like his side piece, you know, the other person that was in the gig. I hope he's good. I haven't talked to him. I should reach out. I know he was going through some rough spots there. Yeah, I know he was dealing with some personal issues. I I mean, kind of like, I mean, I always want people to check out on me, but I also don't want anybody to ask if anything's wrong. Like when I got injured, I had people posting things up on Facebook. I'm like, fucking take that down. Like, I don't want the attention. I don't yeah. want people checking That's why in I see, on me. When I see it at the show, I was like, you good? And you're like, I'm good. And I was like, all right. <laughs> yes, what is. Yeah. So, you know, but like I, when I just, I don't want, like, I don't know how other people feel in those situations. Everyone's yeah. always coming at you. But point is, I hope he's good. But with him being out, I was asking Tony, I'm like, how, like, what's going on with that storyline? It's like nothing. You want, you want to do it? And we just figured like, yeah, why the hell not? It'll be a different angle. It's kind of uh, like the MJF role right now. You're taking the world's biggest asshole and turning him fan favorite. So is it legit? Am I actually turning a good leaf? Is there a hidden scumbag in me waiting to flip the car down the, down the road? You know, so the, the cool thing is the fans, there's some that are buying into it. There's some I go for a fist pump and they're like, yeah, they're flipping the roll and they're fl- flipping me off. I'm like, come on, I'm, I'm trying here. Yeah. So it was it was interesting. There was a segment on this last show um, where I had to restart a match for it. It ended with the heel winning. Brian, yeah, yeah. exactly. I to have so, everybody I don't give too much away because he's he's very protective of his character. But I'm a big fan of the Mecca. 
I think he's insanely good. And I've been hearing such, like, I don't want to give too much away, but I also want to give him his roses. But like, not since not being there, I get reports of like how the story is going and how things are going. Cause I, I, I do care about PPW. Like I, it sucks that I can't drive there or be there to support. Like hopefully that changes soon. But like the Mecca from what I've been hearing, like he's, he's become a locker room leader. Like he's taking, like totally. that's not, he's not just walking around a title and showing up every month. Like he's back there helping with promos. He's back there making sure storylines are cohesive. He's making sure it's not, not just his storylines good, but he's helping everyone around him. And that's why I like the guy. He's a good oh, dude. Yeah. And and I seen the promo where he was kind of chasing you backstage and one take. It was a one take deal and it looked it looked oh, yeah. great. Like Yeah, after I ran away and I came back, he was there cutting his promo and I just I stand there in amazement. Like the guy is intense. He's off the cuff. And it's it's totally fucking natural. Everything he says is spot on and total locker room leader. Like he he wanted that role, he wanted that belt to work with the newer guys, to push the guys, to get some notoriety and some credibility and a, a good lesson in the ring. And I mean, the last couple of months have been stellar. The matches have been great. He definitely got Soriano over, not that he needed to be put over, but like that match and the ending to it to be out. That was a first, that was a first face feel I've ever had. I've been nothing but booed for the past five, almost six years to even hear half the area when he won, people chanting Ruta was like, I know what, what I just what did happening? for not just the fans. Exactly. It was like, but that's the power that not me, that Adrian Soriano had yeah. to be that Pr over Primal that, that team. anybody. They're, they're good group guys. The, all three of them just have mm -hmm. a, a great thing going on. But that's, you know, that's how you can see how someone can move a crowd. You are influenced and yeah. in, in being associated with in one way, shape, or form with somebody, positive or negative, and you feel it, like, totally. Yeah. I, uh, I, I'm i a huge fan of, and I heard he's been doing really good stuff there, uh, Dio Bando. Dio? Uh, yeah. That kid's oh, yeah. gonna be a bright spot. Like I, I came in. Like I was there when he first first started. And I was like, yo, if this kid's got charisma. Like if and tag he can, team champion and BPW TV yeah. title, a TV champion and, and PPW and charisma. He's and that be, guy, he's gonna be a, he's gonna be a big deal. Like Seth Rollins wearing the most ridiculous outfits. Dio mm -hmm. Bando can make the most ridiculous outfits look spot on, perfect. He's got swag. Yeah. He's got swag. Yeah, yeah. dude, totally <laughs> got it. He's so yep. good. I, he's another one that if I if I want if I start coming back, even if I'm not in a role at PPW, because like listen, when you step away, people fill shoes, and that's just the way it is. I wouldn't expect anything, but I would just come back as a fan and just enjoy the content, and see what's going on. But he, he he him and the Mecca would be two huge broad spots of why I would go, like why I would watch that promotion. Like they're just very oh, talented. Yeah. Rembrandt, yeah, and Nolan I miss Pierce. Rembrandt. He's still yep. doing stuff there. I'm a huge Rembrandt fan. Like it's a good locker room. I miss it. I miss the guys there. Everyone's super cool. Watching Paul stress every show is a lot of fun. Just give me a second. Give me a second. <laughs> it's a good. It's a good show. It's a good crowd. And like my yeah. buddy, he used to always take his kid there. It's like it's a, a good, thing it's a to good, do. So yeah, it's a good family friendly show. Yep. To be, and now to now be on part of the card is just at the GM. It's a lot of. You fun. never know where it can lead. You never know. So what are your future plans? I know this is airing possibly new year we're not really sure how this is dropping but what do you have f future plans uh for mr ruda and, and your businesses and your professional wrestling dude i have no long-term goals i don't worry about yesterday i don't worry about tomorrow i worry about today i make plans so i know that i've got friday bookings once a month for bpw 
Saturday bookings for their, their pay-per-view show, a future show, a PPW show. I know four times a month I'm performing. I'm living day to day to get there and wherever it takes me, man, I'm ready to go. It's pretty I love much your it. work ethic. I love that attitude. You're, you're, you're always a bright spot, man. It, it sucks. I don't get to see as much as I used to, but, but once I get back on my feet, we'll definitely, we'll have to, we'll have to link up somewhere and, and hang out. Uh, the business totally. is doing great. I love seeing your belts getting created. I love seeing people being happy when they get them. Uh, keep, keep it up, man. I love what you're doing. I'm a big fan of you as a person and, and everything you got going on. Where can people find you on social media? Uh, they can find me on Mr. Ruta. Mr. at Mr. Ruta 218, uh, Ruta entertainment on Instagram. And uh, I think it's I'm trying to think of what my TikTok is running off the cuff. I'm not too sure. Just type in Mr. Ruta. If it pops up, we'll, we'll get it going, but the links will be low below too. I'll do the leg work. I'll find it all. And then also your website, uh, go to go to the website and order some belts. Ruta entertainment.com. Yep. There, there it is. Everyone. Thank you so much. Uh, Joel, thank you again so much for everything you got going on and, and coming on and doing this. This this platform's always open. I do have some stuff that probably by the time this airs, people have already seen it. Like I'm doing like movie reviews, and then me and Brian are always doing that tornado tag on Thursdays. So if ever a, a a topic you want to jump in on with us, or just if you're free on a Thursday and you want to jump in and shoot the shit with us, you're always welcome. It's Halloween time. Check out 100 Acres of Hell. It was a movie I made with Gene Snitsky. Afa on Oahe and Samu on Oahe too. I, I've yeah. never seen it. Like, where is that available to watch? You can go on Amazon Prime. Type it in. It's, on it's Prime? available right. on there. Yep. I, I always remember hearing about it, and I never watched it. I didn't know all these were. I know Gene was in it, but I didn't know everybody else was. Gene's the star. Samu played Jeb Tucker, who's our killer. Afa did his stunts. I actually got on my arm a tattoo of Jeb Tucker right here. That's awesome. Yep. Yep. Go check it out, man. 100 acres of hell. There it is. Well, it is spooky season. So go for us. It's spooky season. Go watch this Perfect. for you. It's probably new year's, but it's always spooky season. Go watch. <laughs> it's like movies. Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> I would literally scrap every other holiday there. Just keep Halloween all year round, but uh, that'll do it for the ABJ podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Here's some music by the converse kid. We're out of here. <laughs>